of it. We're in the process. I think we just started it. Chris, you didn't you weren't dancing to my dance party at all, dude. You looked busy like over there. Like even yeah. Tom was bobbing his head, bro. I don't know. You seem like you you didn't like my eighties playlist. Eighties <laughs> are cool. Generation I grew up in. What the what do you listen to when you're just rocking out around the house? Um, I listen to weird stuff, man. I listen to a lot of the theatrical music, stuff from movies and stuff, you know? Yeah, that's cool, that. though. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of that stuff. And What's your favorite movie that. soundtrack? What's your favorite movie uh, soundtrack? Man, that's a good Man of Steel was really good. My favorite composer is Hans Zimmer. Hans, Hans Zimmer. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, Man of Steel. The, hmm? what, about the, what about the soundtrack from The Fountain? You ever listen to that much? Ah, oh, man, I tried. It was, it was too. I mean, the movie alone is just new agey. That's the one with um Wolverine, right? What's his name? Yeah, like Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 it was very, it was a very repetitive soundtrack. Let's put it, let's put it that way. Weird. Yeah, but it was, it was okay. so, it was so dark and soothing, dude. I, I, I could <laughs> read. I used to read to that soundtrack. I love that soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I guess, I guess because I guess because it was so repetitive, yeah, it kind of lost me. It is soothing though. That is true. It was repetitive. I think we used it for different reasons. I would use it to go to sleep and to read books when I was trying to just like get in that flow state of being able to read fast. Yeah. So, mm, Man of Steel. I haven't listened to that one. I used to listen to the Halo soundtracks a lot. Yeah, that was good too. Was that was good too. Yeah, you did too. So I'm not the only geek here. Tom, did you used to listen to the Halo soundtrack? Are you talking about the video game Halo? Yeah. No. I can't remember who did that. What's another? There were some other. A lot of video. There are good video game soundtracks out there. Um, oh, Skyrim. The guy that did the Skyrim stuff, dude. He had some good music too, man. Yeah. Um, that was uh, Skyrim. Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, you probably shop, shop at Tarjay too, don't you? Um <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, okay, other than Man of Steel, what's another one? What's another favorite? Um, I wouldn't say the, the, the album itself, but the, the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Okay. Up to the third one. All those soundtracks were good. Dude, what, what about like, uh, this is an instrumental soundtrack, but dude, I think my favorite movie soundtrack of all time was from Garden State. The movie was Zach Braff. Mm -hmm. you, remember, you remember Garden State? Yeah, yeah. But, but I, have, a, I don't think I have that soundtrack. That was a, dude, that was a legit soundtrack. Was um, There Will Be Blood. Yeah, that was a, good, that was a great movie. I don't remember the soundtrack to that one, though. I don't remember the soundtrack to that one, either. Um, it was just the, some like weird violin stuff. Yeah. The, the Transformers soundtracks, all of them were good. The, 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 that composer is pretty good, but um, the movies, you know, <laughs> some of them need to put in the toilet. I have to go check that out. Yeah, dude. Uh, there. Did you say that it, you're talking about the Daniel Day Lewis one, right? There will be blood. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember that soundtrack. I don't remember it. Well, guys, if you haven't figured it out, Chris Taylor's on. It's a whipped cream kind of show. We haven't done the whipped cream kind of shows in a while, <laughs> but. I'm the only one that brought the whipped cream. Tom didn't get the memo. I didn't send did one know. out. Um, if you're new to the show or newer, you probably haven't experienced the whipped cream kind of shows. 
But Chris has been on a few times. Chris, you're a repeat. So welcome back, yeah. repeat. Yeah, That's man. Not Thanks for having me again. Thanks for having me, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I got some stuff planned, some information planned for this show that uh, I think people find interesting. And uh, me and Tom had a little discussion a couple of weeks ago about that movie, Hereditary. Yeah, and then we, I guess, because we're going to talk about some of the uh, horror movie stuff. I don't know. Have you seen that trailer for Mandy? Tom and I have been talking about Mandy behind the scenes lately. The one with mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did see it. Yeah. Uh, Tom shared it on uh, Facebook. And uh, it, it's, it's the whole demonic sacrifice angle, you know? And... You look in the, into the background, Nicolas Cage. He's one of these method actors. And yeah, tell me about that because I don't I don't pay attention to a lot of the actors, not like you do. So mm -hmm. describe what a met method actor is. It's basically a person that goes a hundred percent into the role, whichever role they're taking on. Just like uh, the guy that plays Joker, and it becomes their whole life. Talking about and Heath Ledger or Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson, by the they way. They both did it, yeah. Yes. And and Jack Nicholson warned Heath Ledger about playing the Joker. So if an actor has to warn another actor about playing a character, something's going on there spiritual, you know? And most of these guys, I can't say all because I don't, just don't have the proof for it, but most of these guys that do method acting end up being uh, possessed. Um, and I can go run down a name for you, a couple of names for you, like um, Al Pacino. Um, we said Jack Nicholson. Is Johnny uh, Jack, Johnny Depp seems to be kind of a method he's actor? Definitely a method actor. Yeah. Uh, Forrest Whitaker. In fact, um, let me pull this up real quick here. Mr. Lazy yeah. Eye. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Lazy Eyes. <laughs> uh, him and J James McAvoy are both method method actors. But this is a a quote here from an article talking about his method acting. He says he totally embraced the character, and for me, it was terrifying says um, Carrie Washington, who plays an unfaithful wife who meets particularly um, a sticky end. He was very, he was scary to be around because he was idiomine all the time. James McAvoy, the Scot Scottish actor says, um, he basically plays Amin's personal physician. He said um, he, he didn't, he, when he met Whitaker before the film began, he did not know what to make of him. I didn't know if he was in character or not, he recalls. It was quite tense, and I felt like I was treading on eggshells the whole time. And it said uh, the, the, the film's British actor, Kevin McDonald, found the transformation extraordinary. He lived, breathed, and slept Idi Amin for three months. So you, you guys are into the whole personality thing, so you, I know you can relate. So, yeah, like, uh, did we already mention Daniel Day-Lewis? No. Yeah, and he's a method actor, too. Yeah. And let's not forget, especially with the recent documentary, Jim Carrey playing Andy Warhol and whoever Andy Warhol played. What was that character that Andy Warhol played? I can't uh, remember. He's uh, that ob obnoxious, uh, ob obnoxious guy that... Uh, I don't know. I wish I could remember his name, but Jim Carrey, dude. Did you ever see that? Speaking of method acting, did you ever watch that Jim Carrey uh, documentary about playing Andy Warhol, Man on the Moon? Uh, it's on Netflix. Andy Kaufman. No, Andy Kaufman. Sorry, I don't know why I said Warhol. Who was the character that Andy Kaufman played all the time? You got to remember, Tom. I can't remember his name right now, but 
look it up real quick. I'm gonna look it up. Dude, you gotta see it, dude. If you haven't seen that, dude, that that will trip you out. That was fascinating. Um, you know what actor I've been uh, kind oh, of fascinated by recently is Crispin Glover. Remember, guys, remember him? Crispin, yes. that, I know the name. I can't place the face. He played uh, George McFly, uh, Marty McFly's dad. But so anyway. Chris, you and I had a conversation a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and it had to do, it was kind of sparked by something I posted on Facebook. I don't even remember what it was, but you gave me a call one day, and you, you're you always making all these connections, okay? Mm -hmm. And you're always following, like, what movie studios are doing, production companies, and you, you're seeing patterns, okay? That's what's amazing. Uh, you, you see a bigger picture uh than i do personally than i and i think that, that a lot of people do but could you kind of get into that a little bit like what um i don't even remember what movie was i i was talking about um hereditary hereditary right yeah, yeah which is um i put it i put up a poster or something I, oh i made a video okay that's what it was where i heard two warnings in the same day about a film which I actually found out they went back to the same person. But um, anyway, um, this movie apparently is just straight up uh, generational Satanism, you know, dark satanic rituals in the film. And uh, the idea of, I haven't seen the film, but we got warnings not to watch it because it was so dark. And anyway, what I'm getting at is you one thing that you picked out right away was the production company that made the film always makes these types of movies. Can you talk about that? Yeah, the, the production company is called A24. And they've been on the rise for a good couple of years now making these films. And it, mo I've only watched one of their films, something, uh, something about a sacred deer or something. And I kept hearing about the film from one of my good friends. Uh, another one called Lobster, and some other ones. They they have some coming. Some other ones coming soon. They they have a slew of films coming out. But what I've noticed from the themes and the film that I watched. In fact, you know what? I I probably watched more than one film because there were there were a couple of films that I watched that was, that was really weird. I didn't realize the production studio that were, was behind it. But anyway, most of the themes go right back to witchcraft. So I'm of the persuasion to think that the people behind it, I can't prove it per se, like picking out whoever, the, the, the directors and all this stuff. But it's always a theme of witchcraft or a curse or somebody turned into an animal, just some weird psychological stuff that if you know about witchcraft, if you know about the occult, you'll get it right away. Oh, they yeah. actually did. I'm looking a a. I, I put in eight twenty four. The number eight. It was the letter a twenty four. That's what yeah, you, that's what you said. Yeah, a twenty four. Yeah, they actually they were. I didn't realize this. They did the witch. That yeah, was their yeah, movie. Exactly. That's another. That's another one too. Yeah. The witch. I'm looking mm -hmm. through a bunch of these. I don't know what a lot of these are, but they've got a ghost story. Ex uh, ex machina. You know that was one. Killing of a sac. Killing of a sacred deer. That that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Interesting. Which one? Killing of a what? Sacred deer. 
and, and now from what I recall from that movie, it was about a guy that um, did something to someone's father and the kid, he invites the kid into his home. The kid is seducing his, his young child and uh, all these bad things start happening, but they don't know why until the kids start revealing it. And all of them talk in this monotone language like, you know, if I go down the street and I do this and I do that, I will do this. And then the father will be like, yes, and if you do that and do this, you will be this. And, you know, it's just so monotone. And so it feels like everybody's reading off a script most of the time. And it's not on purpose. But anyway, um, no, it, it's not really explained how this guy, this kid, bought this curse upon his family. The young lady gets sick, and if they don't do something by a certain time, she'll die. It's, like I said, always back to witchcraft with this stuff. I didn't watch The Witch. I heard about it. Um, I, I'm not. A, I used to be a fan of horror movies, I, but the Lord just took all that away from me. I don't desire it anymore, anyway. You know. So, but once you start to get these themes, look at the the slow movies they have. Read up about the premise of the movies, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, and it's a lot of stuff. I heard that in Hereditary, by the end of the movie, they're basically denouncing the trinity and all these things that these attributes that belong to god so i what i hear is throughout the movie it was kind of normal until it got to a certain part and just like bomb 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 just start to hit you i'm just not into all of these uh these films and you know I try to warn people you know, but, you know chris i used to be the same way i used mm -hmm. to i used to go to the conventions i used to meet the actors I used. Yeah. I remember. I went. I talked about this before. I went up to Cleveland, and they had a uh, uh, convention, uh, a horror movie convention called. It was Cinema Wasteland, and mm -hmm. everybody from all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies was there, and just I don't know, just tons of people. You know, these famous people that you see in these uh, in these movies. Yeah. And I used to collect them, and you know, I would watch them on opening night. But now, you know, ever since I started working with with Russ Dizdar, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, it got kind of boring to me, really. Yeah. Because real life is a lot more exciting than that, and that's all fake, that's all hyped up, that's not, you know, anything that's really impressive at all. So, mm, yeah, look at this one. Look at this one, um, Climax. It's about some kind of occult orgy uh look like some ritual orgy that's coming soon yeah um is that a24 is doing that it's called climax yeah look at this I'm one it's called uh first reformed it says when a pregnant parishioner asks reverend taller to counsel her husband a radical environmentalist the clergyman finds himself plunged into his own tormented past mm -hmm. and equally despairing future until he finds redemption in an act of grandiose violence <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. you, know, you, a movie that I don't recommend, but I did watch, mm -hmm. is called Starry Eyes. I heard and, about that one. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen it, but I heard about it. Okay, yeah. Well, this movie, excuse me, is about the satanic casting couch, basically the the Hollywood mm -hmm. Satanism casting couch, and what this uh this girl has to go through uh to you know to break into the hollywood system and become a star she's basically has to join the satanic cult wow 
And, and that's the thing, that's the, the theme that's going through uh, the entertainment industry, uh, whether it's the casting couch or in the, um, in the music industry, it's always something about signing your name and blood, selling your soul, not all the time, but the, the higher you reach, that's just what it comes to. And in fact, we're gonna bring somebody on our show that just came out of Hollywood and they're saying it's all true. Okay, so uh, and and the, the the thing is that no one can really sell their soul. The, the Bible is clear: if you don't belong to Jesus, you belong to Satan. No matter how nice you are, how more you are, you haven't killed anybody. It doesn't matter. You belong to Satan. So how can you sell your soul to someone you already that already owns it? So people are getting duped into this this uh, magical thing where you put your blood and sign it in blood and all this stuff, sign your name in blood. And, you know, it's, it, 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 it's just something that it's a mind game. And people are willing to give their allegiance to an entity that will give them stardom, whether it's in the music industry, the book industry, doesn't matter. All entertainment, it, it involves this, this whole aspect of selling your soul in, in, to some degree. Oh, yeah. And people, people will take fame over money. And that's what happens a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it, people don't realize how much of the occult is actually through and through this industry. I'm, I'll, I'll give you a, uh, you, you know about the company Legendary Pictures? Yes. All right. So they put out a lot of movies. Uh, actually, they're just a distribution company, I believe, and um, or a production company. So anyway, when you go on their website, legendary.com, right, go to the about page, it tells you about their logo, which they call their mark, right? And it says the legendary logo is based on the Celtic shield knot. The symbol dates back to Ireland, circa 5000 BC, where it was originally created from uh, a continuous line. According to historians and Anthropologists, this unbroken line was intended to represent eternity, fidelity, unity. Among the ancient Celts, it was regarded as a symbol of strength and believed to bring power and protection to those who wore it. <laughs> Mesopotamian warriors associated it with protective spells invoking the gods of the four corners of the earth. Come on, I don't have to explain none of that. They're telling you they're using witchcraft. Man, I, I saw something the other day. I don't know if it was a preview for a kid's. Yeah, it's a new kid's movie. Oh, oh, Jack Black. Jack Black plays a uh, yeah. guy. Uh, the house with a clock in the wall. Oh, yeah. I just uh, saw the preview for that, too. That looks yeah. Like uh, and um, basically, I mean, Jack Black is a warlock. and He's a magician. Well, he calls himself a warlock in the film. Yeah, but he goes by a magician. He's like a like a magician. And I, you know, it's I mean, the same the thing. Is, I'm just joking. Like another, there's like some kind of wrapped into in the house, and he was a bad warlock, and and Jack Black is a good warlock, and they're teaching this kid how to do magic. But I am, I mean, in my opinion, when I saw that trailer, I thought, wow, this is like a recruiting film. You know? Yeah. 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 Basically, yes, I, I agree, because if you go back and look at, look at the Harry Potter series and, you know, the, the writer, I remember her name right now, she's a witch, basically. And she puts some of the spells in the books are real. 
and it's influenced it influenced the entire generation. You have people that have gone into the military service that uh, you know when Obama gutted out the uh, the military as far as who can worship and not. You know the Christians were all you know subverted, and the, the, you have people in there that go into these witch covens inside the military, and they said Harry Potter is the reason that I'm here, the reason I started practicing witchcraft. So all of this stuff does affect this, or those that are uh, those that 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 move towards that that sort of energy, you know, susceptible. No, yeah, well, no doubt, and obviously, not defending any um, any of the films. Okay, not doing that at all. But there, I think there's a recipe for this. Obviously, some things are going to affect people differently. Okay, um, if it, I think you know, there's definitely something going on where it's affecting people on a mass scale. If it's if it's just it's affecting everybody a little bit, but there's some people that are a lot more vulnerable, you know, and susceptible to the the programming or the suggestion, you know, than the average moviegoer okay i mean a lot of people will go watch harry potter and nothing you know what i'm saying they're never yeah, gonna have yeah. an interest in witchcraft or anything like that but right. that you know obviously millions of people are watching it uh same thing with this new film some people will watch it and and not have an effect on them but when when you're a kid when you know a teenager and you're developing emotionally you are looking for answers you're looking for doors you're looking you know um Man, I had to do. I did a uh, uh, a teaching at my church on um, on magic and exposing like all of the magicians on TV. And I had a bunch of uh, teenagers get mad at me for exposing this stuff because they loved it. They're like, "Oh no, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal," (laughs) you know. And um, you know, it's just fun to watch, and it's just like. Uh, people are just like getting mesmerized by all of this stuff these magicians are doing. Man, I can't remember the one. It was either it was a David Blaine thing or it was somebody else. That other guy, the Chris Angel dude, mm-hmm. he was like blowing people away. And it was like one particular trick that he did. Uh, I think he did something like he did a trick on Will Smith or something like that. And it went viral. And everybody was talking about it that week. And. I, I came out and was just kind of like exposing it, man. And the kids got mad at me. Yeah. Um, I watched an entire documentary about the, the magicians. And and, it's, and they are using the cold power. It, it, well, I'm, that's I'm, happening I'm, right out there where you're at. I mean, yeah, exactly. I see it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I watched this documentary, a couple parts, you know, you could pick out and said, well, that probably wasn't real right there. But most of it was. And it's like, dude, you can't escape the fact that these guys are tapping into demonic power. In in the old advertisements for magicians, they always had demons around their, their artwork. Go look it up. Anyone can look it up and find it. it it's it's not nothing you're going to miss. It's just right there in your face. They, yeah, they you're talking about like the shoulder. Whole- like the drawings in the uh, in the magazines are, you know, just kind of like on a poster or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and this is, I, I'm I'm developing a a book based on this sort of stuff. 
that I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out where where most of this stuff how it all connects through martial arts through magic and all this stuff. I'm I'm not, I'm trying not to use a certain word because it'll give give away the title of the book. But I'm 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 developing this book to explain this stuff that so people can understand. Look, we going back to Hollywood. The Hollywood came from the Holly tree. Boom. I was just fixing to bring this up. You stole my thunder, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm just playing with you. Go so, ahead. So Hollywood's there to cast a spell on the, you know, the consciousness of the people. And they'll do this by any means. And when you go back to the foundations of Hollywood, you'll find spiritism everywhere. You know? And even though I can't name some of the names right now, I didn't prepare to talk about this portion right here, but you, 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 it's something that you'll always find from Marilyn Monroe uh, to Lucille Lucy, Ball. Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball. She's one of these people. A lot of people don't know this, but she was one of the main people to help stuff like Star Trek and stuff get aired. She had power in Hollywood, and you know when you start to see the forces behind these themes, you can't help to go back to some sort of spiritism. It's always there. And hey, check this out, right? Today. So I was reading uh, I was reading the book of James today, mm -hmm. and uh, I was at James 3.15, and I actually was thinking about this because it's a verse that has never really stayed at the forefront of my mind, but it just stuck out to me. And it says, uh, I'll start in 14, it says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. And then in 15 it says, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. And then in 16, it says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice, right? And I got to thinking, where's a place where jealousy and selfish ambition exist more than Hollywood? <laughs> and the scripture tells us right there that it'll be full of every vile practice. You know, it'll be purely demonic of the devil. So it just yeah. makes sense. What's yeah. of the devil? Everything that we're seeing in the Hollywood movies, the entire yeah, yeah. environment by which has attracted these people breeds that sort of fruit. So right. Hollywood isn't a surprise, especially a surprise mm -hmm. to James who wrote this and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is a recipe for exact everything about what Hollywood is built on, Las Vegas, all these other places. It is a recipe that the scriptures have already told us, you know, this is exactly what it's going to yield. This is what it's always going to yield. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but most people think that it's fantasy. That's the issue. Yeah, very true. Uh, you go to you go to Amazon. And I'm not talking about Amazon.com. I'm talking about the actual Amazonian jungle, right? And Africa and the Caribbean. This stuff is normal to them. Seeing a demon, seeing the apparition, it's nothing. But we take it as fantasy in this country we live in. Uh, that's because Hollywood has done that to us to make it seem like, oh, the devil doesn't exist. It's just this over here. It's just a plaything. Oh, why don't you dabble in Wicca? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? It's fun. It's magical. Look at the puff of smoke. It's orange. Isn't that pretty? Oh, we can all open portals. You know, hey, look, Thanos came through a portal. This person came through a portal. Hey, it doesn't matter if you if they're good or evil. We can all use portals. Uh, Stargates, all this stuff. Um, Chad, Chad talks about the arches. Okay, um, now they're bringing in the Arch of Baal all over the world. What about that? You know, and that links right back to Hollywood too. You know, so this is fantasy oh, element. What was that crappy movie with Oprah? Um, 
A Wrinkle uh, in Time. A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. So I, I haven't watched it, but they talked. It was a. I heard it was a new age occultic kind of theme to it, and it had to do with erasing Christianity. I don't know if that was the theme, like the primary theme in it, or just a, something that happened. But do you remember? I'm sure you read about that. What was the deal with that movie? I I, I didn't see the movie, but I heard that basically the author was a Christian, and they had Christian themes in there, and it basically gutted it out of any Christian themes. Oh, so it was. Then I misunderstood. I thought like in the movie it was about erasing Christianity from like reality. I so I didn't see it. So, but if I do watch it, because I was avoiding it, because I, I just thought it was gonna be a garbage film anyway. Um, but if I do check it out, I'll be able to relay the real information to you. Yeah, I just haven't read up on it. Like those kind of movies, I usually wait till they come out on Hulu or Netflix because I refuse to pay money for them. Like this new yeah. Star Wars movie, it just came uh, back out. It came out on Netflix, so I watched it. They, they since Disney runs movies left and right these days, I refuse to give them money. Yeah, yeah. This uh, the feminist agenda, the social justice war, warrior agenda, the all inclusive agenda. It's all over Star Wars uh, because of the uh, you know, the lady running it. Hey, so, yeah. Wanna, did we talk about? I don't know if we talked about this before, Chris, but I want to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so since you're a guy that recognizes patterns, okay, so mm -hmm. you just brought up a big one, okay. The, the social justice warrior in every stinking film. I'm trying to think of, I've been trying to teach my son about this because in a way their films make it so easy. Like the new Han Solo, Han Solo movie, they had a social justice warrior droid Robot. in it, okay? Yeah. And then- Really? Yeah, and then yeah. in the new Jurassic Park movie, they had a social justice warrior dinosaur tree hugger person in there yeah. it yeah. was ridiculous i bet so, the dinosaur that ate all the men was a female right <laughs> i bet they highlighted it as a female dinosaur so that ruled all other dinosaurs and only ate men in the city well yeah and then they had i mean they had the whole they had the whole recipe in there right they had a guy in there uh the guy was completely you know a complete coward and scared of his own shadow, the, the man they had in there. So, I mean, we see a pattern like that. And then I think about a pattern from about 20 years ago where they had all these buddy movies that were mm -hmm. a white guy and a black guy buddy movie. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there were tons of them. And I, at the time, see, I looked at it as a positive thing because this was right after the O.J. Simpson trial, okay? And mm -hmm. that had an effect, you know, on the, um, I don't know, it had an effect on this country. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. kind of exposed something. And um, there, there was some tension there. So then I saw Hollywood just begin to pump out all of these movies uh, that, were, that were buddy movies. A white guy and a black guy. You know, it was, most of them were like cop movies. Oh, yeah. except for the one with Danny Glover and Joe Pesci, Gone Fishing. That was the best one ever, dude. Gone Fishing was legit. So leave leave Gone Fishing out of the rest well, of these. I haven't seen it, and I thought a lot of these movies were good. I liked them, man. But um, from from now on, you know, like uh, in Talladega Nights, they had the shake and bake theme. Like you and I, if we if we go watch Gone Fishing together, I've never you and seen I that be, movie. You got you and I will be saying borderline eleven for the rest of our lives to, to each other. Every time something cool happens, you and I are gonna say borderline eleven. Well, it'll be our new the, thing, man. <laughs> well, the interesting thing with uh, some of the stuff going on today, 
uh, in, in our political climate. This, this, this social justice warrior stuff was going on before that. Uh, and you have to know uh, the signs where most of the terms are coming from, the left, the, well, the far left, the socialist, Marxist, communist, fascist sort of uh, talking points. And what you'll see coming out from the UN, this is mostly a part of the United Nations. Coming down, you will see the terms that don't offend you right away until you learn what the term actually means. Like if I was to say community, you would say, okay, that's our neighborhood, our you know, our state or whatever, you know, where I live, that's our, my community. But in socialism, it really means how you think. You're going to think what the state wants you to think. You're going to have the, the, the attitude of the global brain. That's what the, their community really means. Um, when, you, when you're talking about progressive, it's not talking about us moving towards making man or the world better. It seems that way. But it's really talking about getting man under the control of the state or the, the world government. They're progressing towards that. And so when you see these themes come up in the movie, they're trying to move us somewhere. And a lot of it's coming from the spiritual realm, but that's another issue. Lisa, you know? so, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Lisa, before we forget, I don't want to forget this comment. She's talking mm -hmm. about the new purge. Uh, they played black people as poor and white people as rich. The whites were kind of, mm -hmm. I actually went and saw that movie. I don't want to forget about The Purge, but we'll get to that after you're done with this. Well, the, just, yeah, we can talk about it a little bit because it, when you, what you just described there, you're, you're seeing, they're putting in your consciousness the hatred for white people. If you, if you look at a lot of political videos, you'll see that people are saying whites are bad. Um, they they got to be taken out of power and this, that, and other. It, there's a term out there called white privilege. And what they're using is, they're, they're using what happened in the past where certain white people would um, discriminate against black or Latinos or whatever. And you would think that this would be the whole encompass of, you know, of all white people, they would do that. But that's not, but so they're using that little history right there to turn it around and say, hey, white people have privilege. They're all rich. They're all born silver spoons in their mouth. And you guys know that's not true. But other people that are not solid in their thinking, they'll fall for that stupidness. No, um, and that's another example. That's something else that we're seeing also recently is, um, like, I guess maybe the best example is the Black Panther movie that came out. Um, it was. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know, but there was that, there was that element there. You know what I'm That's, saying? That one's it, it kind of, a, yeah, that one's kind of a hard one though, because the Black Panther such an old character. Yeah, it is. You know, the idea of Wakanda. So I've had, I've had, I don't really know what to think about that. I, but I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, but it was definitely you know, absorbed it, into the mainstream narrative. What I, right yeah, now. what I thought about that movie is before the movie was even released. I mean, you weren't even allowed to say it was a bad movie. You know right. what I'm saying? But that's going to the point. It's been put into our consciousness. Uh, since Barack Obama came into power, you can't say anything bad about anything black. That's what they want you to think. You know? Now, um, I, I, a pastor that I know that used to be in the New Age, he said that when he went to the conferences, the New Age conferences, they admitted that they put these things in the films to keep us divided. 
so that we will never come against their plan for one world government. Because if we listen to what they feed us and they ignite all the racial tension between anyone, Latinos, Blacks, you know, um, and we, we confuse racism, not racism, but race with ethnicity. There's only one race on this planet, but our ethnic divisions are what, you know, God, and God did some of this for a reason. What I'm saying is from the Tower of Babel, he, what he did, he basically confounded the language and we all, all went off in our separate ways so that we couldn't come and make this world order that we we're trying to make at the Tower of Babel. So now, now we're, we're, we're English is becoming the, the language of the world, right? And we're trying to come together. We're thinking that we're going to do this great thing for humanity. And in the middle of all of that, the tension is being put on every ethnicity to remember. It said wars, rumors of wars, nations against nations. In there, if you go back to the Greek, it's ethnos against ethnos, ethnicity against ethnicity. So don't be surprised at all this stuff. This was written 2,000 years ago. And they're using this against us so that they could bring about the economic, global, world dictatorship that they want. Yeah. It's just a few people. That's a good point. Have you have you watched Jesse Peterson's videos anytime recently? I really like no, that guy. No, I haven't. You'll like him because he's, I mean, I think he's pretty accurate. He actually, he was he's old enough. He grew up picking cotton on a plantation of sorts. And um, he brings people on a show and he talks about some of the myths of racism in this country and the myth of white privilege, but in a very intelligent way. And dude, the people, he has white social justice warriors that come on that want to argue with him that are standing up, you know, for the... For the men, you know, for everybody that's beaten and trodden down by the white man, he brings on black social justice warriors where they they cannot they cannot believe they're talking to a guy as black as he is that came from an era that was considered far more racist than anything they've ever grown up in, and he's completely defeating their arguments with truth. And it was just, dude, he's an interest. Jesse Peterson, he's a he's a super interesting guy to listen to. Like right now, if a social justice warrior were to clue into this conversation, their brain would just explode in fury. <laughs> two, two white guys and a black guy are in a chat room. <laughs> Yeah, they're talking about yeah. this and, you know yeah. and yeah. uh just you know you're right though dude i mean it's and there there are very important things that are left out of this conversation in the context of the larger narratives where people try to frame this topic without utilizing the facts and they paint a picture that's not based in reality it doesn't right. mean that some of the things that we're observing aren't true it but the reasons why they're happening aren't racist they're not because of white people it's not because of racism there happen to be mm -hmm. mathematical and components here and things mm -hmm. like anyway without getting into all of that so it's just yeah. i don't know you're right a lot of what you see like um uh the Lisa happy to be sane chick in the chat room props to you, Lisa happy to be sane. I'm glad I had another uh, person in here that's seen the purge. She brought up a good point. I went and saw the first purge this weekend mm -hmm. and uh, I went, I've seen every purge that's come out because I find the whole idea of eugenics and uh, like racial and class wars that are pushed in these movies to be did. I don't know something about the purge movies are just very interesting to me. Yeah. And in the first purge, if you'll remember, you had a group of, of elites that were chasing down a black man from a poor neighborhood mm -hmm. and the white family let him in. And then it was the elites versus the family that was housing the poor black guy. Right. And it turned into this whole thing. And then in the second one, it was about 
uh, elites that were bringing in poor people. You have blacks and Latinos that were being brought into like uh, laser tag style arenas where the rich were hunting them. You know, that was that was something that was happening on the parade. And the third one, you had a more occultic component where they were actually doing rituals with some people. And uh, the whole thing was a ritual. But that I hadn't actually really thought about that until this last movie, that there really was a racial tension in this that went beyond socioeconomical economic classes and just, you know, the, the basic idea of the purge. So, yeah. And, and see, but see, even in all that, they put a picture in your mind about black people. We're all poor. You know, only black millionaires there are, are, are out there, how much wealthy black people there are. We yeah. have, we spend over 30 billion or more now, that would, these are statistics from back in the early 2000s, 30 billion or more a year. So the, 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 the assumption or the picture of all people being, all black people being poor is just stupid. You know? Well, and they're trying to, they're trying to keep that culture a victim. Exactly. And they, and they prey on that victim mentality. They always have to bring up 400 years ago, look what happened, oh, look what happened, look what, and it's like, okay, I, I come from Jamaica. And I sit, when I sit down with Jamaicans, I've never, ever, ever had conversations about stuff that went on 400 years ago in the Caribbean. And if we do, it's really, not this big hatred. A lot of good stuff happened. You have you have people with white skin that talk Jim uh, patois. Okay, you have Indians, you have Asians, and then you have the Negroids, and it's a beautiful culture. So all this stuff that Black Americans always get drawn into continuously is just to keep them down. Yeah, keep them oppressed and keep them thinking about something that they didn't go through. Their this, ancestors did. This this probably isn't politically correct for me to say, but in my experience, and one of my best friends growing up was black. I mean, my best friend. His name was Josh Queen, and he was my best friend. Um, and we had these conversations, you know, all the time. But in my experience in in school and stuff, and at a seminary campus that my dad went to up in Illinois. Uh, surrounded by kids from Jamaica and Nepal and other, you know, Africa. There were people from Africa that came to this school. Long story short, in my experience in my life, the people that I've met from Jamaica and all around various parts of Africa that came to the United States, that didn't have a chip on their shoulder. Like the, mm -hmm. like a lot of the, uh, the black people that I dealt with in high school and stuff, there was a big difference in attitude. And yeah. I'm not, that's not, a, it's not a racial thing. I'm just saying it comes from a cultural thing, you know, because right. here, You've got one group that you've got people coming from different places that have hopes of bettering themselves, right? And they're actively pursuing. And dude, friendship with these people is amazing. They're just people. We're all just people, right? Everyone's got problems in their life. Everyone's just trying to make it. I love all of these. My experiences with those people were great. But then I start looking at some of the experiences I've had just with like neighbors and stuff, you know? And it's like, dude, it's like you can definitely see where we've been brainwashing people into this mentality of, of like a victim status, which causes this massive chip on a shoulder and like artificial problems that cause tensions that shouldn't be there in the first place. Yeah, it's true. It isn't. Uh, where, where, you know, I'm, you know, I moved from another, another um, city, right? So on the week that I was going to move, I had the the person, the landlord, sentinel person, um, that was taking care of dishwashers and all these things in, in the house, 
and I was sitting there doing work and watching Alex Jones, right? And it was it was on all you know it wasn't before I left. It was around the time of the election, near there, and all this stuff Alex Jones was talking about and, and his guest and it's about the racial stuff and and how they're trying to keep us divided and stuff like that. And the guy's looking at me, looking at this. It's a, it's a white guy looking at me, looking at this, <laughs> and I'm like. He's like not saying anything, but by the time he was done, he came and shook my hand and we had a conversation because he 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 already assumed that I'm like Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't believe in all that. I know who's funded by, you know, and we had a nice, intelligent conversation and he, he was just really impressed. Not that I'm trying to impress anybody, but he was really impressed that I'm awake to all the nonsense. You know, and he did agree that they're trying to keep us separated. That's funny, man. I had a I met a guy years ago when I lived in Nashville, and the guy actually happened to be from Jamaica, and mm -hmm. we both stereotyped each other. Like <laughs> um, he stereotyped me, I stereotyped him, and we found out we were both Christians, right? Wow. <laughs> and but for about a week or so, we were just like thinking whatever about each other, you know. And of course, I you know I was a young, twenty-year-old kid with long, stringy hair. Uh, mm -hmm. Same thing as now, except for I'm a little bit heavier, <laughs> right, and a little bit older. But um, and you know he had this accent, and I thought I didn't know. I thought he was a Rastafarian man. So, um, and we once we started talking, man, we hit it off, and we became best friends. But the funny thing is. We both were guilty of stereotyping. That's a, I think that's a normal thing to do. We've been conditioned to do that. When I was yeah, a kid, yeah. I used to think everybody who was Asian knew karate because of all, all the kung fu <laughs> yeah. movies that I saw, right? Yeah. You know well, something that yeah. something that bothers me, I just want to bring this up real quick, is something – always we got to be careful because I don't have a racist bone in my body, but I feel like this is such a political hotbed that you slip up and say one thing and you're going to – like your YouTube channel is going to get shut down. But like at church, they were talking about social justice warrior issues yeah. from sort of a, a – they weren't acquiescing to the political paradigm today, but they were definitely being sensitive, probably more sensitive than I would be. And, you know, he starts asking questions like, why aren't there more black people in our church? Why aren't there more black people on this side of town? And I'm like, I, my brain just started to explode because there's a I just want to bring up a mathematical problem with a lot of these conversations framing this debate. Mm -hmm. The last census that we had between now and like 2018, it puts the black population somewhere around 13 percent. Non-Hispanic blacks account for about 13 percent of the population of the United States. OK. And. I think the last time I checked at prison statistics, like 80% of the population in jail is black. So you already have a large percentage of that 13% that's locked up and incarcerated, not roaming the streets. So I don't know what the percentage is of unincarcerated black people are, but it's completely disproportionate to white males and other minorities, right? that you add in with white males. So when you're sitting there saying, why don't we see more black people? It's like, cause mathematically you're not going to see more black people because they're, mm -hmm. they don't exist. So yeah. when you frame it as a racist issue, it's like, I like to take it back and say, no, this isn't a racial issue. This is a mathematics issue. If you learn to do math, you'll realize that what we're seeing is proportionate to reality. Yeah. Yeah. I, but here's, here's, here's something very um, interesting. And you guys could you know, relate to this because it has to do with abortion. Oh, and I know, yeah. that, I know that every ethnicity is doing this. However, 
one, it was created to get rid of black people, right? Yes. And it's 200, I think it's, I think the number is 266 black people get rewarded <laughs> daily. I'm sorry, the abortion thing's not funny. Somebody in the chat room just said something funny. So for people to think I'm laughing at the abortion thing, I'm not laughing at the abortion thing. <laughs> no, but, okay, so you have 266 or so, whatever the number is now, I don't know if it went up or went down, but it's still high, per day, right? Then you have black-on-black -black violence that's murdering us all the time since the 80s and the, since the introduction of rap music, well, not rap music, but gangster rap music and trap music and all this stupidness that, that's continually being pumped at us because the corporate entities at the time basically said, you know, they're, they're, there's too much positivity coming out of the, the hip hop community. Let's start putting in this gangster rap stuff. And that's that you saw the birth of NWA and all these other groups. And that right there participated in a lot more gang violence than people uh, actually realize. They're, they're people that have confessed that when they go on drive-bys, they listen to the violent music to pump them up, to get their spirit in a, in a certain you know, attitude to go do their crimes. Mm. You know, and of course there's drugs involved too. But I'm just giving you a, a short overview. Of, well, of what's great going point. On. Great point, right? And where did the where did the term thug come from? Uh, well, you have the thuggies. Exactly, the thuggies, Kali worship, right? Kali mm -hmm. worship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They started incorporating that theme into rap music, and people started we're thugs. Literally, it's 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 like it's like a form of Hindu paganism, almost in this mm -hmm. weird way that's been adopted into into like urban culture. Yeah, yeah, and if people understand the effect on music on the brain, they would make wiser choices because the music, you don't have any control of how it comes in and where it goes after that. It affects every part of the brain, every single part. So that's why when, you, when, you, um, when you're thinking about a loved one, a song comes to your head. The mind is a very powerful thing. When you're thinking about going to shoot somebody uh, a violent song comes up that if you if you put yourself if you uh you know uh, taking that sort of stuff in you know it's going to come up when, when you're thinking about when you're thinking about sex or something like that out of wedlock what comes up the most vile songs <laughs> or the vilest movie you've watched whether it's uh you know uh, uh, a, a buddy a, a love romance or a pornography that you've watched before doesn't matter the mind recalls all these things. And that's why, you know, God tells us in, in the Bible to basically, I, I think it's Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good of a good report, if there be any virtue, virtue sorry, and if there be any praise, Think on these things, you know. So it's very yeah, that, important. That verse, haunts, that verse, like, con convicts me a lot in my brain. <laughs> it really, <laughs> yeah. it really does, dude. That verse goes through my brain a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 something that's you know, if you're a Christian, it's something that's very common sense because uh, the Bible tells us to guard our heart, guard our mind, be you know, sober. All these things is really telling us about. <laughs> 
this 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 thing of fat in between our two ears here, you know, because so many things affect us on so many levels, and then when it, when it, when it affects our flesh, and it affects our soul, and what we do, we turn around and act these things out sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we do, we act it out, you know, and and I have information on all this stuff too that that I prepared tonight, but um, you know. The, the, we, we talked about Hollywood, we talked about politics, we talked about, you know, the, these racial issues. And before I can jump off the racial issues really quick, there's this notion out there. I don't know where it comes from. Well, then again, maybe I do. That black people can't be racist. Yeah, I, I hear that all the time. Lies. And I'm going to speak to it because I grew up around people like this. And maybe to some degree, maybe I was, you know, because you have these stereotypes that we talked about before, right? And, you know, uh, as far as black people, oh, we love watermelon or we love fried chicken. Yeah, we do. That's not necessarily a bad thing to say, right? But to be fair, I like watermelon and fried chicken too. Like, you can't exactly. have that. Exactly. Like, all so dumb. Like, I'm down with some fried chicken. Yeah, that's why it's so stupid, right? But then when people start to go into some angles, that's like, whoa, you really hate a person that much? You haven't even met them? Really? Listen, the same place I just moved from, I um, met up with a dude that was my neighbor, and they were the nicest people. Guy had a swastika on his hand, drove a, drove a um, German bicycle with the helmet. I went shooting with this, with this dude. You wouldn't think a person like that would share his gun with me. You know, a gun is like a person's woman, right? It's true. Went shooting, hung out with his kids and everything. And he said he used to be worse than he, you know, than when I met him. I did. I was too. We had all sorts of things told to us that wasn't true about this person, this ethnicity, that ethnicity, whatever. And it goes along in the Caribbean too. And for a person like that which obviously changed, he even told me that it's just like how you have poor white trash and you got regular white people. That's how he described it. Then you have, he said, somebody like you, and then you have, you know, the other type that you didn't want to say a word, you know? So I get the whole thing, but don't anyone out there think that any, like, like black people can't be racist. We, we, we are racist in a lot of ways because of how we've been, what we've been taught how we've been subjugated and, and, and the false history. A lot of people don't realize, well, a lot of black people don't realize that we were enslaved by our own people. We were enslaved by Arabs and we can't keep holding on to these things forever. It's yeah. just dumb. I mean, we talk about, oh, the white people did this in 400 years. Did you know that the Arabs killed 200 million black people? 200 million. Why are you not mad at them? Why are you joining Islam? It's you know, so stupid to me. It's anyway. <laughs> I love and I love the fact. I mean, it's to me, it's just truth. I like. I love the. Fa- I was just like, I didn't. I know we didn't expect the, the conversation to go this direction, but it like it's yeah. it's so true, dude. That's one of the reasons why I like that Jesse. You need to go check out Jesse Peterson because he's. You guys have a lot in common. And, Is that the uh, with the dreads? No. What are you uh, talking about, dreads? Never mind. <laughs> Jesse, I think it's Jesse Peterson. Yeah, I had a point um, I was going to make. Uh, hey. Chris, you said you're from Jamaica. When did you move to the States? Are, I mean, were you are you from Jamaica or is your family from Jamaica? No, I was born there, but I, I came up here pretty young, I think uh, four or five years old. Really? So, like, because I, you I, don't I, have an accent at all. 
<laughs> some people hear it, some people don't. Uh, it's pretty much gone most of the time. I, I still speak it sometimes. And for those that want to know, it's not called speaking Jamaican, it's talking Patois. Yeah. Right? And so I speak it sometimes, but you know, if, if a person that, that, that just came from Jamaica, Jamaica heard me talking Patois, they would think I'm a fake. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's mostly gone. I grew up in Miami. Hey, can and, I speak to something you said a second ago? Yeah, sure. Before I forget, um, when you brought up the point, this is something that I've heard quite a few times, and I agree with you. But mm -hmm. the, re the, the point I'm referring to is that uh, black people can't be racist. Mm -hmm. And I listened to a woman in an interview say that black people couldn't be racist, that it wasn't possible because racism mm -hmm. was something that could only be exhibited by ones in control. And since black people aren't in control and aren't in power, and it's the it's the oppressive white man, that it's impossible for a black person to be racist. And mm -hmm. I'm just sitting back thinking about all the ways that arguments defeated, because mm -hmm. black people, you know, I, I'm not in control of the country, you know. So you can't, you know, number one, I'm not in control of the country, but I am in control of certain things. I'm in control of my house, control of my duties at my job. You know, there are all kinds of like to limit authority to overarching supreme authority is really is really a, a stupid way to approach an argument. There are lots of black people that are in positions of authority that yeah. can absolutely absolutely use that authority in a racist fashion if they do if they do hold those views. And so, you know, to hear somebody say that it's not possible because black people aren't in charge, it's like that's demeaning mm -hmm. to every black person that is in a position of authority that owns a business or has worked his way up a corporate ladder or is a professor. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot yeah. of you do have a lot of black people that are in positions of authority that are racist. You know, it's like, yeah. it, I don't know, dude, the arguments that you hear are just insane. The argument that this person pre presented tells you that they know nothing about history, they know nothing about what they're talking about because look over in Africa right now, South Africa, which used to be the place of apartheid, you have these black communist socialist uh, politicians saying they're going to slaughter the white people, take them off their farms and all yes. the stuff that's going on right, right now. Right. right now. And then you have um, uh, black people in power, and some are, you know, uh, Arabs or whatever, enslaving blacks right now yeah. <laughs> in Africa and the Middle East. So, what are they talking about? Well, there are other well, ethnic groups too, like the Irish, you know, right? that were, that were, you know, you, we don't have to go into the history there, but, you know, why don't, I mean, you don't see the Irish walking around just griping about what happened to them at the hands of other people. You know, I, it, I don't right. know, dude. It's just like, no. It is a construct. It's a construct that people are getting sucked into, and it's a false narrative. Like some of these, like some of these, we can have real observations about things that are happening, but mm -hmm. the conclusions that are being given to us are false conclusions. The it's, things that we yeah. can observe aren't necessarily the why that they're giving us isn't necessarily the real why for why we're observing what we're observing. The mathematical uh, illustration is a particular one that bothers me. But anyway, go ahead, Tom. No, it's all about control. It's about you know controlling the people. I mean, what we're talking about tonight is it a, is a good example. But we could we could shift the conversation to politics. We could shift the conversation in many different ways to talk about how people are 
completely duped and you know brainwashed to believe these false narratives yeah for control you know yeah. and i think one of the obvious ones and i, I i'm not bringing this up because i want to talk about this but is the left right paradigm you know mm -hmm. I, I okay I'll, t I'll tell you what i was having a conversation with somebody today and i've never well i don't want to say never but in the last 10 years i don't vote republican because the person is a republican okay yeah. uh because i lean towards the right i just i don't do that but i told them today i told this person today that i might do that now because the left has become so unhinged i just don't think i can let any of them in personally but mm -hmm. what i'm what i'm saying is i mean and i'm not endorsing blind party you know um what am i trying to say uh affiliation. yeah affiliation or anything like that but straight i'm gonna start calling you straight ticket tom <laughs> straight, i haven't done it yet and i don't have anybody i don't have a problem telling anybody who i voted for but i mean i just see this insanity going on where there's and, and i don't know the actual numbers you know what i'm saying i mean we're always led to believe that it's bigger you know than what it is or it's closer than what it is it's it's probably close to 50 50 you know what i mean of of what we have in this country but um and not only this country but you know i mean there's left and right around the world in the western world so i i don't know i guess it's just frustrating because there's no there's no talking to anybody of either side you know what i'm saying i don't believe in um I, I've never believed in Democrats and Republicans. I believed in good politicians, which are minorities, and mm. bad politicians, which is the majority. And that goes the same thing. You can take that and apply it to anything. You can apply it to culture. You can apply it to whatever. There's good and bad people from every, you know, um, every tax bracket yeah. that there is. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just tired of it all. Uh, and 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 I'm sort of tired of explaining it too. Uh, let me tell you what the problem is. Our education is dumbed down. Okay, let me tell you something. When I was in Jamaica, and remember I told you I came up here about four or five years ago, right? I knew how to tell my timetables. I knew how to tell time, write sentences, spell very clearly. You could probably write in cursive too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And by when I got up here, they held me back for a year for whatever reasons. And I got got into an element, elementary school, um, Brentwood Elementary. And the, the, the teaching there was still fine, right? The teaching was very big words. And uh, it was good edu education. Not the best, but it was good. And when I went to junior high school, the education <laughs> went down. And then high school got even worse. I, I, I didn't go to a, a, to high schools and, and junior high schools that were in the slums. This was in like, you know, re regular rural areas. And I'm telling you, the stuff I learned after high school is the stuff I should have learned in high school. I had to educate myself on so many different levels. Um, even today, I'm still educating myself on stuff, history and stuff that should have been taught to us. American history, watered down, all the stuff. It's like, it's so annoying to know how much stuff that another ethnic group fights for. 
they fight for good education, fight for homeschooling this in, in that in these pockets of our country. And in our in our neighborhoods, it wasn't like that. It was a terrible school. So why is it that we weren't taught about communism and Marxism and socialism and fascism in those schools? And imagine what it's like today with Common Core and all that stuff, right? This is one of the biggest issues because when you when you're getting taught black history, you're getting taught from one point of view. You don't you don't know about anyone in the South that fought for us too. You don't you don't hear about that stuff. You you don't hear about a lot of things. You don't hear about the the black Indians that weren't from Africa. See, many people think that oh all black people are from Africa. Just no, there are black Indians here, residents. So what about all that? You don't hear about it. You don't hear about the presidents before George Washington, even though those were short-lived terms, right? Why? It's always something that's moving us towards a certain direction. And I'm not saying everybody's a conspirer or whatever, but there are elites. There are people that take things and move us in a certain direction. And all of them are being trained by principalities. Yeah. We talk about demons all the time, but people don't realize this is what's going on, and the Bible tells us about it. Look at the Prince of Persia. He had a, there was there was a literal man, the Prince of Persia, and there was a literal demon, <laughs> the Prince of Persia. And when you when I'm look, some of the stuff I'm looking into um, nowadays, have you ever seen the, the movie The Man That Knew Infinity? I have not. It was a book, right? First, I, I, I believe so. It's about. Yeah, I, knew, uh, I knew the book. Okay, well, it's about an Indian dude. Well, from India, he's a Hindu, and he was supposed to be good at math. And he went to, uh, they brought him to a European college, and his professor was an atheist. And the the professor was asking him, like, how you know, you you need to take this math and and put it in a way where regular people can understand it. And they were working with that with him, and there were there there was some racism there too. And he, they wouldn't want to put him on the board and all this other stuff. Eventually, he got on. But anyway, by the end of the movie, the professor asked him, "So, how did you basically get this talent? You know?" And he said, "Basically, his Hindu goddess came to him and gave him that information." And so, from there on. So there you, you go, a principality that's guiding a guy, and we use his mathematics techniques today. I'm not saying math is bad. I'm just saying he, we use it, you know? Then you have Warner Von Braun from, from NASA, one of the people that helped to build NASA. What was he doing? Sex magic and talking to spirits and all this stuff, right? Then you have um, you have Alice Bailey, you got Blavatsky. You know, you, know you, all, you guys know this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Alistair Crowley, all these people Jack led Parsons. by demons. Jack Parsons, in fact, uh, before, you know, I, I wanted to talk about this tonight, how Jack Parsons, they have CBS just bought out a show called Strange Angel. Yes. And I'm on the website right now, and it says, this story follows the life of Jack Parsons, a mysterious and brilliant man in 1930s, Los Angeles, who by day helps birth the entirely uh, unknown discipline of American rocketry, and by night is a performer of sex magic rituals with, uh, and a disciple of occultist Aleister Crowley. We know yeah. that, but now they're introducing it 
to our populace. Tom's got a book about that. It's called Sex and Rockets. And I've thought about getting it as a tattoo because that's such a sweet saying. <laughs> Just to remember. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that you could simplify Jack Parsons' life any other way than sex and rockets. Yeah. I mean, it was sex, rockets, yeah. and magic, maybe. Yeah, and and then you can you connect Jack Parsons with a dude that started um, Scientology, L. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, and they was into it too. Trying to make a moon child. You're gonna get us uh, labeled as a suppressive podcast. <laughs> it's the truth. We are being led <coughs> by spirit. You remember when you guys were on the show? Uh, we were doing the Blade Runner review. Oh yeah, that was good. And if, if guys in the chat room, if you haven't checked that out, go go to our channel and check out the, the, the Blade Runner review. It was all three of us doing doing it, and we came up with some interesting thoughts. But Jared was saying that he believed that you know that uh, a lot of these things going on, the the entities are going to be possessing some of these AIs and stuff like that. And I said I disagree a little bit, but it wasn't nothing. It was nothing big. It was just something I was going back to the Tower of Babel and what, what what God said about what we put our minds to, we're going to be able to accomplish. Then I found the video. Actually, a, a, a listener sent me the link to a video of a dude that's a software engineer, a developer, and he's, I don't know if he's Hungarian or something, but he doesn't talk English, and the, the, the interviewer is asking him all these questions, and he's saying, oh, you know, we're talking to these spirits and stuff. They didn't call them spirits, they called them something else. And they're taking information from the past, the present, and the future, and they're giving it to us, and, you know, what's going to happen is when we finish building our AI, they want to come and inhabit them. I'm like, oh my gosh, Jared was on to something. So I called Jared, I said, yo, I found some proof. There are two schools of thought. I, I know we're fixing to have to wrap this up, but there are two schools of thought on that. And I'm not really sure where I stand because it's so weird, but either A, we're going to create housing that's capable of housing a spirit that then mimics something that we refer to as AI, but it's not a program at all. Or we, I really think that's more what it is. We create, like we, like, the whole idea in Jewish Kabbalism and stuff of being able to create golems and things like uh, yeah. that could house a spirit. And then you've got Parsons and, and Crowley that were trying to create a moon child, right? This mm -hmm. a, a version of a golem where they were trying to give the whore of Babylon an actual physical body at conception. Um, these themes run really deep in, you know, ancient, uh, you know, magical lore and rituals and stuff. And so now that we've kind of moved more into like a, you know, feudalistic technocracy as we're trying to build it, you know, it seems to me like maybe we're going to bypass creating physical bodies, you know, and then create some sort of quantum machine that's capable of housing a spirit that then acts like it's software. You know, I, I don't know, dude, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be freaking weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if God lets us get that far, it's going to be super weird. The amount of articles I post on Facebook about this stuff is just ridiculous. We, we, do we, we have no idea what the, uh, the Great Tribulation period will be like. We have no idea. We don't know how far we have. We're getting pretty close, but we don't know how much time we got left. And the amount of tech that is coming our way, we could spend it easy a good six hours just talking about easy and all this weird stuff you're hearing about demons possessing stuff don't think it's 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 super weird because you got zombies you just mentioned the golem 
the concepts are already out there in our science fiction. You you have you, you see it in Star Trek. You see it in Star Wars. You see it all over the place in sci-fi. Um, it, it, it's in um, Black Mirror, the TV yeah, show. Yeah, for sure. So, Chris, Chris, this podcast, this YouTube show, is going to mm -hmm. blow people's minds because two white guys and a black guy got together to talk about horror movies, started talking about demons and Eastern <laughs> mysticism. Then we got into racial tensions, all based on a foundation of 80s music and whipped cream. <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah. Social justice warriors, they're not going to know how to handle what just happened on this show, you know, especially <laughs> when we start talking about demons and stuff and all these things. <clears throat> That's why you're a repeat, bro, because we love you. Uh, we didn't get to talk really about what we had you on here for, but that's the cool <laughs> thing about this show is we don't plan it out. I mean, we just kind of go with the flow and whatever happens, happens. I don't know if everybody has or not, but if not, they need to go to don't let them burn YouTube channel and subscribe there. Chris, tell them about all your stuff and how they, how they get involved and where they can find you at. Well, yeah, um, our website is don'tletthemburn.com, and of course you can go to the YouTube channel. Um, we're on D2, we're on, we're on basically almost every social media network, Reddit, all this stuff, but the, all, most of our information is contained on our website or on our YouTube. And we have a few announcements coming up uh, soon, uh, trying to get, the, get a, a film done and a couple books done, and we'll give you some information on that later. But that's 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 where you can find us. And, um, there's some good things going on in the background, and I'm just trying to, right. you know, go to school. You know, <laughs> the bad thing about me is I am kind of like, what's the word? What's the word? I show favoritism, and now that I know Chris is oh, from Jamaica, I, I kind of like him a little bit more. So <laughs> I honestly didn't know that, man. Um, I uh, I think your accent is just so, you know what I'm saying? So far removed. I mean, five years old. You know, you've been spending all this time getting, you know, um, getting rid of it. But uh, no, that's that's super cool. Um, I'm just I'm just fascinated, and I can't wait to have you on again. And maybe we'll actually talk about what we're what we're supposed to talk about next time. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, that's a thing we could do a marathon show with you, Chris, and um, and just really cover so many things. Guys, go check out um, again. Check out Don't Let Them Burn. Jared and I have done several interviews uh, mm -hmm. with uh, with Chris and his buddy. And uh, it's just, I mean, they have a ton of other interviews besides us. And they get the best of the best on that show. It's pro-line. It's high-quality stuff. Everything they do is just very yeah. professional. So, guys, uh, please. I say, please I say no to a lot of stuff, dude, but I never say no to Chris Taylor because he's one of my favorite <laughs> people. So, hey, man, it's good hanging out with you guys, man. Yeah, dude, and uh, I guess people are confused about my '80s statements. This is what this is the kind of music Chris brought to the party. Bye, <laughs> right, guys. We'll see you later. Peace out. Stay on the line, Chris. <laughs>